I want to start off tonight by rereading the passage that we read from last week, and then we're going to skip to that last point that we didn't get to uh, in this topic of being a person of stewardship. Jesus, who was teaching, he asked this question. He said, who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food and proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time, and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him in an hour that he is not aware of, and he will cut him Uh, to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So Jesus has asked the question, who is the wise and faithful servant? And so we talked about being a servant, being a steward over God's things. You have a life that if you're a Christian is no longer your own. You've been bought with a price. So your very life is the Lord's. Um, Paul put it this way, it is now no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so it's Christ living in us. It's the life that Christ has brought forth in, in us that we're living and we're living for him. And then, of course, all the stuff. All the stuff in the world is God's. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. We reference the Haggai passage. All the gold, all the silver, it's the Lord's. So everything is God's, and we are simply managers of the stuff that is God's. Amen? So your life, your stuff, everything in between those categories, it's all the Lord's. Amen? And so we've got to learn how to be that proper steward, who is the wise and faithful steward. So we talked about wisdom. We talked about having wisdom from the Lord and operating in wisdom. And we talked about being faithful to those principles. And, but then in the middle of this uh, section, this paragraph, it kind of switches gears from talking about this wise and faithful steward, the one that is found doing that wise and faithful stuff that the, that the master wants of the steward, the servant to do. He says in verse 45, he says, but, but suppose that the servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time and he begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. So he's contrasting the wise and faithful steward to the, to a wicked, uh, servant or a wicked steward. And the wicked steward says that my master's away. He's not here uh, with me. And so, you know, I can kind of, I've got my own time frame here. I've got my own uh, ability to just make my own decisions. And so I'm going to do it. Uh, My master's away and I'm going to kind of do what I want to do, basically. I'm going to take it uh, into my own hands here. And so what is the, the wicked servant? And when we think of wicked, unless you're from Boston, but when we, you know, we, we think of something really bad, right? Um, but evidently somewhere up in New England, wicked is good. But, but, but in the Bible, wicked is not good. Um, it's bad. And, and 
some of the things that the Bible calls wicked, we, we might kind of, you know, the, the people of today might shrug their shoulders at and say, well, you know, he's, just, he's his own person. He can do whatever he wants. Well, the wicked servant is the one that just says, hey, you know, my master's not around. He's off on a long journey. I can kind of do whatever I want to do. And that's what a lot of people say, um, you know, with their, with their lives. But what is the wicked servant? What does he do? He does two things that Jesus uh, says here. Uh, in verse 49 is he begins to beat his fellow servants. What? He begins to beat his fellow servants. He begins to just do whatever he wants. He, he just, you know, he takes it out, out, everything out on his fellow servants. He, he, he's judgmental. He's ruthless. He, he looks around and he, and he just, you know, he has no care or concern. There's nothing constraining him. And he beats up his fellow servant. And so this is the type of thing uh, that he does. He, he beats up or is critical of the other servants. He's, he, he's, 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 not, he's no longer the, the faithful and wise steward. He's no longer, you know, kind of towing the line. But he's going to go up and beat up the other servants. Because they're not towing the line, you see, and it becomes a it's, a, it's a hypocrite. It becomes a person, and what here's what happens: it's it's a person that becomes very judgmental. And here's the thing that we've got to keep a mind on as we're following Christ: that we're first and foremost called to in the New Testament, very specifically, there are various passages called to take a look at your own situation. <laughs> First, before you become critical of everyone else's situation, before you uh, start going down through all the things that this person's not doing and that person's not doing, uh, you know, be, be cognizant of your own situation, your own life, what's before you. Jesus put it this way, before you take the speck out of your brother's eye, be careful to take the plank out of your own eye first. Then you will be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. But the person who becomes the wicked, unfaithful, unwise, not a proper steward, begins to become hypercritical of everyone else, and he beats his fellow servants. And then the other thing that he does is he goes out and he indulges the flesh. He goes out and just indulges the flesh. The passage here says that he, that he eats and drinks. He, he, he sits with the, he's with the drunkards. You know, he just gets drunk, um, eats and drinks with the drunkards. So he, so he, so he becomes hypercritical, hyperjudgmental, and just his own conduct just literally goes off the deep end. And so that's kind of the scenario there of the wicked servant, it's a recipe for disaster. Jesus said that his master would come, this, this servant's master will come when he least expect it, expects it. That what the servant has will be taken away from him and he will put him out with the hypocrites into, you know, as it is said of in the New Testament, this idea of outer darkness. And outer darkness is, it's just blackness. It's just outer darkness. I mean, think of, think of a reality 
you know, and this is like hard to fathom, you know, because you think of a reality with absolutely no light, no semblance of light whatsoever. If you could think of a reality with no, and we think we like to think we're, we're physical people, so our minds instantly go to the physical, but there's a spiritual light that's actually uh, illuminating the world too, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the light of the world, and, and, and yes, he created the physical light, but when, when it says he's the light of the world, it's not talking like he is the sun, because the, the ancients used to think that God was the sun, and they, they worshiped the sun god, Ra, and all the rest of it. They all worshiped the sun. The Babylonians, the Mesopotamians, the Egyptians, they all worshiped the sun. He, god is not the sun. He created the sun. He created the physical lights. But he is light, and he is the, he is the, he is the spiritual light that permeates the, the earth and the universe. And so that's what we have. And so can you imagine for a minute, no physical light, but can you imagine no spiritual light? That's like the definition of hell, right? Outer darkness, not having any light. The, the, the word says that he's the father of lights and he pours out that light and all goodness to people. So this is the worst of all situations, to be cast out into outer darkness. And the bottom line is, people say, well, that's hard. That's a hard saying. Um, this is what I don't like about the Bible. It has hard sayings like this. And um, you know, what are we going to do about it? Here's what you do about it. Don't let this happen to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a three separation parables that Jesus taught. The separation of the wheat and the tares, the separation of the good fish and the bad fish, and then the separation between the sheep and the goats. And it's kind of like, if there's going to be a separation of the wheat and the tares, and God's going to bring about this burning up of the tares, all the tares are thrown and cast into the fire, then don't, don't be a tear. There's a simple answer. There's a simple remedy to the, the, this calamity not coming upon you. Don't be a tear. Be wheat. Don't be a bad fish. Be a good fish. Don't be a goat. Be a sheep. Okay. So, so that, that don't let this happen to you. Don't let it happen to you that you become the wicked steward, the wicked servant that's just kind of going out doing his thing. So. Let's turn back to verse 46. It says this, it will be good for that servant whose master finds him so doing when he returns. Truly I tell you, verse 47, that he will put him in charge of all his possessions. There seems to be this idea in stewardship that the one who's faithful and not the wicked servant, the one who's the faithful and wise servant, when the master comes and checks in and says, hey, how's it going? That when there's the, the report card says, well, faithful, wise, doing good, you know, that, that the Lord comes in and says, okay, well, here, I'm going to add two, and I'm going to add two, and I'm going to add two. And there's this idea of that, that person who's faithful in the little things will be able to be exalted to that place of taking on the bigger things. And a lot of times, people want to get to the big things, but they don't want to take care of the little things in their life. And so we find that there is this reward, uh, that, 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 the, the happy, that the wise steward, that the faithful steward would be happy, that, 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 that would be blessed, okay? It's another way of saying happy. 
If you took a poll and you asked everyone and said, okay, who wants to be happy? Or who, who wants to be sad? Does anybody want to be sad? No, no, no one wants to be sad, right? Okay, so everyone wants to be happy. So look at the ways that the Bible tells you that you're going to be happy and do those things, right? So read the Beatitudes and be that, be the, be that person in each one of those Beatitudes because it says blessed is, and then it says this person. Well, be that person because you're going to be happy. You're going to be blessed. Here, the promise of blessing comes to the person who's the wise and faithful servant. And so there is a happiness in faithful stewardship of, of the things that God has put into our lives. And um, not only that, but there's actually kind of rest and peace in it. You know, you can lay your head down on the pillow at the end of the day. We went through this list last week of all these things to do, right? Um, where was the list? Let me see if I can find it. Avoid debt, seek godly counsel. Be absolutely honest with yourself. Give generously. Work hard and save. I mean, when it comes to your life, if you do those things and others, but those things, and, and, you're, and you're wise and you're faithful in those things, you know, there, there's, there's, there's a peace. There's a rest in those things. There's, there's, there's blessedness. There's happiness. And there's so many people that don't have peace. They don't have rest. They don't have happiness um, because they don't, they, they, they haven't found that place of just kind of stepping towards being that wise and faithful steward. So God wants that in our lives, and he's going to reward accordingly. Amen? And we find that. We find that in life. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago in Genesis, that there, is a, there are rewards. And um, sometimes... Um, you know, like this person is rewarded, the one that's wise, the one that's faithful is rewarded, and the, the, one, that's, the one that just kind of sat, sat and, you know, did nothing and said, well, you know, I've got time to do what I want and becomes hypercritical and all the rest of it ends up going out indulging the flesh. Um, no, no reward whatsoever. And so, um, so that's, that's the thing. And, you know, I was talking with somebody after the message from a couple weeks ago, we were talking about that idea of, of, the, of, of, of rewards here and rewards in heaven and how it doesn't seem to be that there's this equitable outcome, but there is a reward according to what God uh, wants to do in your life and, and, and according to um, the faithfulness and the wisdom and all that that you have in your life that, as you're following God. Um, there, there's also the, you know, the parable of the talents. You have the parable of the talents that Jesus taught. And, you know, you had the one guy who had the one talent, and what did he do with it? He was fearful of the master, and he just took it into, the, into his tent, and he buried it in the ground, just put it right in the ground. And the master came back and said, well, you, you could have at least put it, you know, you could have put it in a savings account. You know, you could have at least, you know, opened it up like an annuity or something and like you got some interest. I mean, that would have been at least something, but you, you hit it in the ground and just let it sit there. And what did Jesus say in the parable? He said, take it away from him. Take it away from him and give it to the one that had the five that turned it into five more and ten. So there does seem to be this principle. And so... This is all kind of tying in a little bit with our Saturday night studies a little bit because 
Stewardship can get derailed if you are venturing off the path into this envy and covetousness and so on and so forth. And so um, proper stewardship will be a safeguard against envy and covetousness. Because if you're being a proper steward of your own grass and your own car, now when I say grass, I mean cutting it, right? <laughs> you're, you're cutting your grass, you're taking care of your own car, you're managing that, you're, you're, you're making sure that the, the oil's changed and all this type of stuff, then, you're, then you're, you're riding around going, yeah, yeah, look at that. Five more thousand miles till the next oil change. And you're not going, oh yeah, I wish I had that, wish I had that. Well, you're not taking care of the one you got. You got a beater, you're 10,000 miles past the oil change, the tires are on shreds, and you're saying you want that? You couldn't take care of that. Because if you could take care of the one you had, you, 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 you might be able to take care of that one. But you want that one, but you don't want to take care of this one. See, so I think that there's an idea that, that proper stewardship becomes a, like a kind of a guardrail uh, against, like, you know, at Disney, when you go over to the Indy ride, you know, you know that ride? Anybody, come on, where's my, my Disney people? Come on, everybody's talking about Disney all the time. I hear, you know, all right. And so you go over to Magic Kingdom and you ride the Indy ride and you cannot ride off the track, right? Because, because if you go this way, boom, <laughs> and, you, and you keep on going back and forth because there's a guard that keeps you from going off the track. And Proper stewardship will do that in your life. It's like a center spoke that's kind of tied into the center of the, uh, like, remember, like, when you were a kid, did anyone have, like, the, um, what were the, right, the, the electric cars that you, you stuck the little car and it had the little pin? Huh? Slot cars. Yeah. Remember slot car? Right? Come on. Slot cars. Anybody have the slot car? And you'd, and you'd give it just enough, a little electricity, but then it wouldn't stay on the track because you went too fast around the corner, and then you'd have to start all over again. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it becomes kind of that slot. It becomes kind of that guardrail. So you, you've got to stay in your groove. Um, and when you get that groove, oh, man, man it, feels, it feels good. It feels good because, you know, you're just kind of doing your thing and the Lord is with you and you're managing the situation. Amen? So what I want to do, so we talked a lot about last week, we talked a lot about money management. We talked a lot about stewardship of, of financial resources. But what I want to talk to you tonight and kind of finish up with on tonight is this idea of, um, uh, you know, proper time stewardship, stewardship of time. And I, you know, I, I threw out a quote last week from Benjamin Franklin, and uh, I believe it was, dost thou love life, then do not waste time, because time is the is what life is made up. I mean, we're all on this kind of grid, right? It's like the seconds, the milliseconds, the seconds, the minutes, the, you know, and we're just kind of going through life. And so we've got to learn how to manage our time. We've got to learn how to be stewards of our time. Um, I guess they, they say that uh, there's three uh, T's that you have to steward in your life as a believer. You have to uh, uh, steward uh, your talent, your treasure, and your time, right? The three T's, your treasure, your talent, your time. So we're going to finish up tonight talking about the, the, um, the stewardship of time. 
And I want to take you over to a verse in Ephesians chapter 5 and read this in verse 15. I don't have it on the screen, so if you want... I do have it. Okay. Very good. All right. Good job. All right. So let's read this. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand the will, what the will of the Lord is. Okay? So see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Okay? So there's this idea of a circumspect walk. The life of a Christian is a walk, right? We're on a walk, we're on a journey with God, we're on pilgrimage, amen? And so the walk needs to be circumspect, which means it needs to be, there needs to be some care in, in discerning the steps. A circumspect walk is in that sense a careful walk. It's not just like a kind of a you know, bull in a china shop type of approach. It's, it's more circumspect. The best illustration I've ever heard on this is to, to get you to really understand what it means to have a circumspect walk is this. I'll take you to your kitchen, tiled floor kitchen, okay? You're gonna get a glass of you know, iced tea, Arizona iced tea, and uh, so you need a glass, and for whatever reason, the, 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 the first shelf is out of glasses, the second shelf is out of glasses, they're all in the dishwasher, and so you've got to reach up to the third shelf and get a glass. So you reach up to the third shelf, and you kind of get on your tiptoes, and you reach up there, you grab it, and just as you try to grab it off of that third shelf, it falls out of your hand and falls down onto the tile floor and shatters in 10,000 pieces, Okay. I forgot to tell you that you're in your bare feet. Now, your very next step is a circumspect step. <laughs> All right? And so he says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Learning to be wise, learning to have the wisdom of the Lord. And then he says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So part of walking circumspectly is learning how to redeem time, how to properly use time. So one of the biggest things in time management and being a steward of time is that we all have things in our lives. We all have a, a list of priorities, right? And so we've got, we've got these priorities, and a lot of people... Uh, wonder how they're going to manage all their priorities and, and uh, do it all and, and whatever, and they, they seem to get overwhelmed. Um, you know, the, the, the day comes or the week comes, and all these kind of little things kind of begin to crowd in on their day, and it becomes this, you know, this, this out of control thing, and you get to the end of the week, oh, I, I wanted to do this, and I wanted to do that. And we didn't have time. Or people get down to the end of a few years. And they say, you know what? These last few years, I really wanted to take more time, you know, with my family. I really wanted to take more time, uh, you know, to be involved in the, in the church. Or I wanted to take more time and, and, and do the things that, that, that I have a priority of in my life. And they look back and they say, well, what happened? What happened? Well, um, I, wanna, I, want, I brought an illustration. I'm going to close with this illustration. 
So anyways, I've got this, uh, these balls, two footballs and two basketballs, and I've got this pail. Okay, so this pail is going to represent um, all of your time, all of your time, okay? But what we're going to do is we're going to put in this um, ice bucket here that I've got that was from when I used to work at the Orlando World Center, Marriott, year 2000, okay? And uh, so, yeah, so this is 18 years old now. So I did wipe it out, all right? Okay, so it is clean. So anyways, I've got this filled with a bunch of Reese pieces. How many like Reese pieces? Like Reese pieces? Okay. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pour these Reese pieces into this bucket. And then, okay, so then I've got, um, I got my, my time. And th let's call this a day or a week, okay? So this is a, 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 your average day or your average week. Let's call it a week. So what you got to do is you got to come up here and fit all these balls into this bucket. Now, who wants to give it a try? Luke, come on up. Luke said earlier he wanted to be the, um, and the person who's my helper here tonight, um, you're going to get to take home these balls. This is going to be your prize, okay? All right, so go ahead and put these balls, and you can't smush them down. You just have to place them in there, and you have to get them down below the top of the, they all have to fit. Can I push them down? No, you can't push them down. Okay, so basically, you couldn't get the footballs and the, and the basketballs into the bucket, okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to take these Reese pieces and we're going to put them back in here, all right? And what we're going to do is these balls represent the top priorities in your life, the things that you say, this is a priority and I want to have time in my week to, to do that thing, okay? So what you've got to do in time management is you've got, to put, you've got to put the top priorities into your schedule first, okay? And when you put the top priorities into your schedule first, then when all the time wasters come in, the little Reese pieces, this thing and that thing and that thing and this thing and this thing and that thing, all throughout the week, when those come in... They all fit, okay? So, all right, okay? So, yes, it worked out. It's great when an illustration, the panic is that I'm gonna do this and it's not worked out, but I did practice, okay? Here's the problem. A lot of people say, I've got these top priorities, I've got these things I wanna do, and the Reese pieces come in and fill up the bucket, and then people get to the end of five years, 10 years, 20 years, and they say, wow, I did, I, I, what happened? What happened? What happened is you've got to put the priorities into your week. You've got to put those things in first. Decide what those priorities are and put those in first. People, I'll, I talk to people all the time that like, you know, Oh, well, we're going to get around to going to church. No, you're not going to get around to going to church. You are not going to get around to going to church. I had a guy at my last church that he had these little round discs, and it says, it said around to it, right? And so he would, when, when you know, people would say, well, I'll get around to it. Well, here's around to it. 
You know, <laughs> it's like, and, and he was, you know, he was one of these guys that was just, he was always inviting people to church and he was always getting this, oh, I'll get around to it. I'll get around. To it. Oh, well, here's one. And, uh, and so, you know, you're, you're never going to get around to these things. You have to establish that as a priority and you have to put that in, into your um, schedule first. And then, you know, another way of looking at this is, um, have you ever seen a thing on time management where you have, you know, the four quadrants, the four boxes, and so you have the important and urgent and, and all these things, and, and you have this category over here that seems to kind of interfere with all the other categories, and it's the one that's not urgent and not important. And, and somehow... These things are the ones that are the time wasters. They're the ones that take away the time. They're the ones that are the distractions. And they take you away from the time. And I, you know, perhaps one of the biggest time wasters is probably TV. Um, you know, and, and I don't know where you are. And I, I, I don't get, like, I leave that to, like, you know, you just discern that between you and the Lord. Amen. I don't, I'm not going to, you know, step on anyone's toes as far as i just trying to help in terms of time management, um, when you have this heavy TV schedule, I mean, my goodness, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for much else. But you'd be amazed if once you start cutting out a bulk of TV, you'd, ima- you'd be amazed how, how nice the sunset is out there. You'd be, a, you'd be amazed at how much can be accomplished um, during the course of a, of a ball game on TV. I mean, I, for one, I used to be... I used to be so into watching sports, and um, and just a few years ago, it just in the last few years, it's just like I've I, I've just almost been completely weaned off of it to the point where even if I start a game, I don't think I could even watch a whole ball game at this point. I struggled to even watch the Super Bowl. I didn't watch one football game the whole year. Sat down to watch the Super Bowl, and it was like, hey, what's going on, you know? And I tell you what, if you want to accomplish something in life. Just begin, make that a priority, and put that into the schedule. S- you know, set it out. Like, you know, if it's, a, if it's something you want to do, carve out a piece of time. I mean, you've got your work. You've got your time with family, your wife, your spouse, whatever, your kids. This other thing, put it into the schedule. Because if you do not make time for it, if you don't put it into the week first, if you don't put it into the day first, it's just not going to happen. And... Um, this is a good. This is a good thing for 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 young people in school. You know, you want to get your homework done. Put it into the schedule first. You know, I want to go around and I want to run around, and ride around, you know, and do stuff. Well, that will be great. Riding around will be a lot funner once you get your homework done. Amen. <laughs> and uh, and so this is a good illustration for us because there'll always be, you know, there'll always be the time wasters. I'll always be the person who wants to call you on the phone, the person who says, let's go do this or whatever, and let's um, you know, watch this movie or whatever. None of that's bad. No, one's saying it. No, no one is saying that that's bad. Reese pieces are good. <laughs> you know? You just can't have too many of them. And if you allow too many of them, then... But it's amazing how everything fits if you put the big stuff in first. You put the big stuff in first. That's the lesson. Put the priorities in first into your life and um, you'll be you'll be redeeming the time. You'll be walking circumspectly. You won't get to the end of it and say, well, what happened? 
you'll know exactly what happened. Amen? Because you were that, that, that person in control of their time. And sometimes when we're walking in this, I'll close with this, you know, sometimes we're walking in, we're, we're trying to be a good steward of time, and, and sometimes it does get overwhelming. You know, sometimes, you know, work can get overwhelming, schedule, and, and that's when we have to kind of step back and take a look and, and, and ask for the Lord's strength, ask for his wisdom, what he wants, wants us to do with that situation. Sometimes you can end up in a situation where maybe it's, it's not a healthy situation long term, um, or maybe it's just a season that you have to endure in that that particular that particular position or whatever it is but learn how to to manage your time and be a steward and again i guess we can come back to the stewardship of our lives ends up being that kind of guard rail for us and and keeping us in our lane and doing what god's called us to do and and keeping our focus off of you know um, you know, the wicked servant is the one that's looking, you know, you're, you're, you're all over the road, but you're going to criticize him, you know? Your, 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 your registration's not even up to date on your car. You get pulled over, you're getting six tickets, okay? But you're going to criticize him. That's that. So um, just want to encourage you, when it comes to your, to your treasure, the financial resource, proper stewardship, wisdom, faithfulness. When it comes to your time, wisdom, faithfulness. When it comes to your talent, that which God has put in your heart and gifted you to do, just utilize that for the Lord and you'll be blessed. You'll be rewarded. There'll be a peace and a rest that you'll have in your life. And, um, you know, you can help someone else. You can encourage someone else. When they're come to you and go, well, what's going on? And they're all frantic and out of control. Well, let me, let me just tell you about principles of stewardship that I learned and how to walk with the Lord.